You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, everybody. Hello. Hello, Sid Talk. How are Hello. you? Hello. I'm good. You? You having a nice afternoon? So far, so good. Yeah. You having a nice afternoon, listener, dear listener? Because this we is are. It's getting weird. Is it? Yeah. I'm just being cordial. That's not. <laughs> what do you think it is? Creepy? Yes. Ugh. No, this is this is creepy. How's everybody today? I think this is enough. What was the before the after the show discussion? About this movie. It really was. And nothing else. <laughs> Zack Snyder, who you are in love with. I do really like movie. him. You do. So that's it. We could just get on. We, we should have been recording the before the after the show discussion. Which was basically what this podcast <laughs> is. <laughs> yes. Right? Correct. All right, so it is Saturday, May the 22nd. This is after the show number 685. We're a movie review podcast. We review a movie every week. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> the movie we're looking at this week is Army of the Dead. It's a 2021 release. It's actually in theaters right now. Theaters, do you remember those, Sid Talk? Barely. Yeah, well, you can go to one right now to watch this. Or you can just tune into Netflix, where it is also showing rated R. Our friends at Netflix let us watch a copy and Sid Talk give us a synopsis of this Army of the Dead. Are you kidding? Army of the Dead, zombies and this time they're in Las Vegas. There you go. We're connoisseurs let's say, (laughs) right off the bat here of zombie movies. We? I would call myself a connoisseur of the zombie movie. I've seen a lot. You have, yeah. But do you love them the way I love them? Zombies aren't my favorite horror things. It is mine. My favorite horror things is like really like gross out things like Evil Dead or... Is this still part of the synopsis? All right, I'll give you the real synopsis. Following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. That's what this movie's about. That's true. I said to you this morning, this is kind of like a triple threat for me because first off, it's zombies. Second off, my favorite genre of movie is heist movies. It's got heists, zombies, and Zack Snyder. Exactly. It's like he he was like, what should I write next? Oh, you know that guy, Scully? I like him, so I'm going to write him a movie. Do you reckon that's what happened? Yes, I think that's exactly how it works. (laughs) Yeah. Sid Talk, what did you think of Army of the Dead? I enjoyed it. But this is unfair, because I enjoy... Almost, we're going to say 99%, even though I haven't done any statistics on it, of all the zombie movies I watch because I just let it go. I'm like, it's a zombie thing. Somebody somewhere has developed something or something happened to make people come back after they die. And then that shambling around version of yourself eats people or brains or guts or whatever they choose. Right. So that's the zombie premise. And that's what this is, too, except... What am I always looking for in the zombie world? What are you always looking for? A sentient thinking person who's now mostly zombie, but still there, but really actually still real there, like really in their mind, they're fine, but it's just completely masked by their, they've got the disease, right? That's what I like. And this gets working its way toward that. Yeah, that's actually spoilers. Did we mention there'll be spoilers? (laughs) 
Spoiler well, alert. If you listen to this review, there will be spoilers. So, yeah, that's the kind of twist to this movie that they're not just regular zombies. They're the fast moving 28 Days Later style zombies, but they also think rather than being totally dumb. Mm-hmm. Does that make them more terrifying to you? Hmm. Equally scary, I think. The idea of a thing that can plot and plan against you is pretty menacing. But then the thing that's just random and has absolutely no choice, it has no conscience, is it will just eat your brains without a second thought, equally is scary. We are probably the only two people in existence who have watched all of The Walking Dead, right? Oh, probably the only two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we watch everything. Everything that has been on the t- TV that I is The Walking I do not Dead. think we're the only two. What we watch mean? The Walking Dead. We watch all of Fear The Walking Dead. We watched The Walking Dead, The World Beyond. We've watched all of that. So we're, we watch zombies almost every week in some shape or form. True. So are we immune to zombies by now? I mean, to which part? I'm, not I'm immune, immune to the fear of, of it. Oh, yeah. No, they don't scare me. They gross me out. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, oh, man. Especially if there's a sound effect that goes with the, the chomping or the biting or whatever it is, right? But I'm never afraid. I get a little chill when the alpha guy, because he knows what he wants, you know, then he kind of form. Then I get like, oh, God. And then you think, oh, yeah, in this what movie, would it be like if that guy was after you, you know? When we watch The Walking Dead, like it's not scary in the slightest. Oh, no. It's like a, it is a soap opera with some zombies in it, right? Yeah, it's never scary. It's now, thought-provoking sometimes. I didn't find this scary in any way, shape, or form either, but it's not set up like a scary movie. It's more like an action. It's like, all right, I'll compare it to this. So you've got this movie called Alien. <laughs> That's a very scary, claustrophobic movie. And then they make a sequel called Aliens. And it's not scary at all. It's just, it's a giant, like, action movie. This is the gi- on the giant action movie scale of things. Gotcha. And they don't I really you were headed somewhere with that. So yeah. got it. And they don't go for the scares, really. I don't. I don't think there's a bit of gross out stuff. You know, it's pretty gory, I guess. Yeah. But they don't really go for like something's gonna stalk you and then jump out. You know, a jump scare. There is no jump scares in this. Um, there might have been a couple little things. I, I don't think. think it it worked on me then. Because I don't remember <laughs> any. There is a lot of... Let me start off the top here. All right. What's the good? The opening to this movie. The first 15 minutes, I would say. What did you think of that? I thought it was really fantastic. Yeah. I, well, I don't know about fantastic, but I really enjoy having the whole front part of the story told, even though we could probably have surmised it from like one scene in the movie, right? But the, the, the whole... It's almost like a whole movie crunched into the credits. A short movie, basically. Yes, they've taken out... It's like a... Last time on Army of the Dead, <laughs> right? But it's well done. And in that case, I like it. Like scooting through it and kind of seeing who I'm dealing with. Reminded like me it. quite a bit of Zombieland because that open, if you remember, both Zombieland movies open with music that doesn't really set match the tone mm-hmm. and horrific shit going on in the background, which is how this unfolds. It starts with like a Liberace type guy playing the piano. And it's uh, Richard Cheese's version of Viva Las Vegas that's playing over the top. You know that guy? No. He's like a famous singer who he does like lounge lizard versions of songs, okay. popular songs like Nirvana and stuff like that. But they used Richard Cheese, which made it very kind of quirky, that beginning. It's almost like, is this going to be a comedy? It you is know? kind of too, you have to say. Kind the movie itself is over the top. Has, yeah, over yeah. the top, yeah. Not really comedy, I guess. It's kind of, yeah, it's never fully serious. 
I mean, there are scenes between him, between the main guy and his daughter, which are like emotional, but it never really goes for fully serious. But I love that opening. There's an opening, there's two openings, basically. There's the opening, which is like the, how it began, how it started. And then there's the opening, which fast forwards through the whole of Vegas being ravaged, basically, by zombies. And then the government bombing the whole place. And then it gets us to where we are, right? Right. It was well done. Yeah, well done. Well, it's Zack Snyder, and he is very into doing opening sequences that involve lots of slow motion and <laughs> that, that you can take that one yeah and music over the top like every movie is done you you know watchmen 300 even go all the way back also what's the other Zack snyder trademark mm. fancy camera stuff yeah this the is the kind of pretentious area that makes my score go right down right down right down <laughs> well, well the, this movie has an artistic look let's say uh, yeah I wasn't super bothered by it, but you explain it. Well, there were a couple things going on, but the main thing is, and I only know certain terms because I kind of tried to figure out photography in the last couple of years, so we know what some of these things mean, but it had a focal depth that was very shallow, this old camera that he found to do the whole film with, right? That means that you might get the tip of the person's nose and their cheeks and like their eyelashes in focus, Everything else, if their hair hangs forward, it's blurry. If air, And every single thing, including their ears, becomes super blurry. And it's very distracting. I knew. <laughs> but it's a pretentious little photography trick that I get. It's not new or anything, but no. I think it just was like, oh, like with the sun flares, we have to address that issue. He went a little crazy with that and killed me on the Star Trek movies. I was just like. Well, apparently those flares are something that come with that lens that you can't help. Don't I was care. just reading. That's fine. He Then he needed to not do it. <laughs> right. So I, I think I figured him out. He just likes to, I don't know. It's not super, to me, it's not innovative or cinematic. It's just trendy. Yeah. Now, did you like the look of it? Well, I would say I did in some parts and then not in others. Like some parts, I thought it looked genuinely really cool. Like he actually used it in suspenseful moments where, like, he blurred the background where something horrific was happening, so you couldn't barely see it, but then you could see the reaction on somebody's face really close up. Now I liked it when he was doing that, but then there were times where I was like, "Oh, please unblur the background because I want to see what's happening there." You That's know? why I said it looks so cheap. Like they've tried to cover the background somehow or for some reason right but it but really it's just down to this fancy yeah. lens that he was using now i admire that you could say it's a gimmick but he actually used it throughout the entire runtime it was never a moment that you weren't looking through that lens you know right so i admire that that makes it feel to me like it is a thing that he committed to an artistic thing it's not like i'll do a portion in the middle of the movie like christopher nolan does i'll do this in imax and i'll do this in small ver version I'll do this in square, you know? It right. wasn't that. It was more like, no, this whole movie's going to look like that. So, unfortunately, if you don't like the look of it, then you're going to, like, hate it all the time, right? Yes. <laughs> Whereas Be very I, aware of it at all times. Yeah. I was on and off with it. I was like, wow, some of these shots look amazing. I don't think I've seen that kind of depth of field. Then others, I was like, that depth of field doesn't actually work in this shot because I feel like with this wide shot, you need to be able to see everything. And I'll give you an example. When we first meet the king and queen zombie and they're in the street and they come up on top of the cars, 
and they're using the depth of field to keep them out of focus so you don't really see them until they want to reveal them. It, I don't think it worked. I agree. Because it was like, I kind of know what they look like. I've seen the trailer. And probably everybody else. <laughs> well, that's not that. That's not their fault at that time. But no, yeah. but they kept them like blurry, 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 blurry until they wanted to show you them. And when they showed you them, it wasn't. I was like, I think it'd be better to be able to see them all the time because then they're more scary. It's a bit of hit and miss, but uh, it is a visual thing. It isn't something wrong with the movie like I was just reading. Some Well, we'll probably get to the IMDb reviews and people will say there's something <laughs> wrong with the movie. Like it wasn't done right. But it's not that. It's an artistic thing. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's that. The art, the artsy-fartsy directors love to defend their choices, like the sound on that one movie that I always forget the name of. Enemy. That'll be Public Enemies yes. by Michael Mann. And he justified it as well. He, um, If you go and watch that movie, get the Blu-ray and try and watch it at a normal listening volume and see how well you do. It doesn't work very well. It's terrible. No. I mean, it's not great anyway, but it's terrible. But then when he was questioned on it, Michael Mann back in the day, he said, that's how it was supposed to be. You're not supposed to be able to hear what people say because guns and things are loud. But, Sorry, uh, Michael, but that sounds like But hot Michael, life. you can't tell a story if we don't know what they say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this isn't a silent movie. So in terms of zombie movies, though, how, how does this rank for you? Do you? It's a little below average. Remember Zack's made another zombie movie, which we both really liked. Which one? Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Oh, yes, yes. I feel I feel like I felt, while I was watching it, he was trying to not be that. Trying to be like... Not be that movie. Right. So it's a little bit dumber, and it's got a little bit wackier people. You know, it's not as grounded as Day of the Dead was. You know what I mean? Like in this one, it's like you've got caricatures of people, and it's a little bit, like you said, like aliens. Yeah. So it's a little, it's different, but I kept thinking about that one. I mean, this one is definitely, I would class it more on like, it's like a Marvel movie because it's like big and giant and there's bit like personalities that are kind of over the top. And, yes. And it's, you know, got a load of money to spend. So it it's, goes crazy with stuff. But Dawn of the Dead, his remake of that, it was really like a small movie, but it did it really well, remember? It was like a... Definitely. It just felt more like if this was really happening. And I'm with, with a little you. bit of wackiness, not as much as this one. No, but more horrific. Like, it's actually scary, that movie, when you realize, oh, shit, these things are really fast and there's no getting away, really. I'm with you. I actually preferred Dawn of the Dead to Army of the Dead, but they are also very different things. Yeah. This is your big blockbuster movie and that other one's like... Your small indie zombie movie, almost. Just so happened Zack Snyder made it. So what about the uh, runtime of this? Two and a half hours. Is that too long for you? It's not too long for me, no. I like a long movie. It's not too long for me. In fact, I was excited when I realized it was two and a half hours. And I said to you earlier, when we'd finished watching, it didn't feel like two and a half hours. In fact, I'd forgot. Like, I never once was looking, oh, shit, how long's this been on? So that's good. You said it was different for you. Um, because some of it, I, okay, there were little scenes that I felt were a little long and I was conscious of this being long. And then I thought, oh, they could have cut out that. <laughs> they could have so, cut that so out. Chaz? The three to four, almost five different scenes with the father-daughter thing. It's just a bit much. It's right. It's lingery. And not, not that it matters in this movie particularly, but while I'm watching, I'm like, I get it. I get it. You screwed up. She's been mad at you. The mom died as a zombie. Yeah, I guess. Blah, blah, blah. But it, they did it like for the same scene, essentially. 
multiple times. And yeah. I could have done with that being cut out of there. There was one scene that really bothered me. I don't know if it was bothering me because it should have been cut for time. Was, you know, when they were about to go into the safe and there was like booby traps. Mm-hmm. It almost, it turned into like the Three Stooges yes, for a minute. very wacky. Like nothing like the tone of the rest of it. And I was like, what is this? This is like we made a comedy skit and we just slapped it in the middle here, like a Saturday Night Live skit. Absolutely. That's what it felt like. And that part was a bit jarring because I was like, a second ago, we were all terrified and we were headed towards the <laughs> vault. And now we're just having a laugh and we're bringing zombies like in to like put them into the uh, firing line. And, and just it's seemed, hard to describe. You have to see it. <laughs> it. It was the Three Stooges, wasn't it? It was really like slapsticky and Basically, silly. Basically, the floor was sensitive, had some traps, booby traps. And one guy went out and kept collecting one zombie at a time to come in and step on the floor I can traps see. and have, get blown up and all that kind of stuff. And I can see that being like a crowd pleaser, people laughing at that part in the cinema or whatever. I don't know. But to me, it didn't match the rest of it. Didn't seem very funny. We'd been through some really horrific shit that, up to that point. True. Then all of a sudden, we're all having a laugh. <laughs> That's the part where I was like, mm. that happens a lot in these movies, but is that just, are we just not fun and everyone else wants to have a little bit of well, extra fun? I'm all for a laugh, but it has to be in the right place, you know? Mm. Like a funny line here and there is fine. There was a, some wisecracking in this movie. Ragtag bunch of yeah. people who are all different from each other. There's always going to be the funny one. There's always going to be this, what, suspicious one, the sexy one. Yes. The, I mean, it's just, you could call them by those names. They'd not have names. This is the one. This is that one. And they're pretty two-dimensional. But I think because this movie did have a longer runtime like that, and they do have the getting the gang together bit at the beginning, like they do in Armageddon, which it reminded me a lot of at the beginning. I do feel like you cared for them a bit more. Did you? When you got down to it. Because I'm like, okay, I do at least know that that guy's not just that guy. At least he's got a backstory. He's looking after somebody. They've all got like a thing. Do you think that was a bit heavy-handed maybe? A little heavy-handed, but then it kind of fit as well. So I wasn't too upset about it. And all bets are off in this kind of movie. You've seen Aliens. (laughs) If there's a group of ragtag people, nobody's coming out alive. You've seen every ensemble kind of movie. (laughs) <laughs> they all die no matter what. <laughs> yeah. If you're a group of teenagers in the woods, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> pack your don't pack a bag. You're yeah, not gonna so, need it. So I think after watching hundreds and hundreds of movies, horror movies, etc., I think, you know, once you meet a group of people, there's no like they're definitely not going to kill that guy or the def- to me anymore. Probably well, we can be wrong sometimes, and then we're like happily surprised. You can definitely be wrong, but I'm never surprised in this movie when somebody is dead because that's how this movie, that's how any of these movies go, right? Group of people, take them down one by one. Maybe one's left, maybe two's left. The end. Correct. I mean, that's the formula. So, why do we keep coming back to the formulas? It's weird. It is weird. I said, (laughs) well, I said to you, we watch. And we still enjoy it, but we know what's going on. It's very weird. It's like a giant spoiler that none of us ever talk about. What did we watch the other week where they all went into the woods and uh, they were doing the Appalachian Trail wrong turn? Right. And I said to you as we were watching it, I feel like I've seen this movie before, (laughs) but you can just keep giving me another set of teenagers going into the woods and I'm fine. I'll just watch it. I don't know what it is. I know what's going to happen kind of every time. Luckily, that one kind of surprised me a bit, but 
I don't know. There's something about maybe we just like familiar. Is that it? I mean, I like it, but I don't enjoy it as much until they throw a, a twist at me. So I like it with a little jab. My uh, favorite thing about this uh, whole zombie movie, Army of the Dead, was the king and queen zombie. <laughs> I thought they were really excellent and underutilized, possibly. Mm, I felt like it was a, and this is going to sound like, yeah, duh, but like a show at Vegas. <laughs> like he was the, would you think he was the strong man or something? Yeah, like and a the, trapeze artist or something. And then she's either like doing the trapeze stuff with him or she's a yeah. dancer and they're doing a show. That's how every time they were on, it was theatrical. I thought they were great. like though. schlocky movie. You know, like the way she looked was really great. Oh, yeah, like, I like that. I was like, this is a good idea. These are like a cool set of baddies. But like in any of these movies, who is the baddie really? Yeah, exactly. Is it the corporate man? Is <laughs> yeah. It... As soon as you see a corporate man on any <laughs> movie like this, yeah, you're either doomed or he's going to be the winner. True. Let's go on to the cast. So we have Dave Batista as our hero, Scott Ward. What do you think of Dave? I like him. I just, I like him, I think, so I'm biased because I think he does a fine job of doing what is totally different than his other characters. So Drax. I thought he did a good job. He's Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, if you right. don't know. It's a little over over emotional with the daughter stuff, but I was on board. I did like it, him, so. I'm, did any of the emotional stuff get to you? Uh, no. He wasn't even no. emotionally? No. <laughs> hmm. Should I have been? <laughs> I don't know. I, think, I, th I thought that would be the kind of, uh, I thought uh, no. you might like cry a little. Or... No, not really, because they didn't pull out any sharp reason why she had been avoided him for 20, 15 years, which we would have thought we know, right? From the opening scene or from the part of the opening scene. We know why we think she's mad and then she's not for that. And then it's like, oh, that's not that emotional. She's just kind of being a brat then. So I know she, I didn't get any emotion out of that. And speaking of his daughter, Ella Purnell plays his daughter, Kate. She was a little pouty. Did yeah. You think? She, you know, she had reasons why she was away. She is a dad. Might not have been greatest. Or maybe she was just selfish, like you said. But all it was was he just wasn't around. And I get it. That's crappy and everything. Deal with it, but to like avoid your father in a post zombie world because of that seemed, I don't know. I just didn't get into it. I didn't identify with that one. Now, Tig Nataro, who plays the helicopter pilot, I told you about this at the end of the movie, but mm -hmm. there was a stand up comedian called Krista Ella who actually played this part originally. And then he was involved in a Me Too type dealio. And then Netflix wanted him removed from the movie. So digitally, like Superman's mustache, they removed the guy from the movie and replaced him with this lady, Tig. And you didn't notice, did you? Oh, no, because it kind of blended with the rest of the weird camera. So thing. maybe that weird camera thing uh, came off beneficial in the end. Sure. You know, because it made it easier to hide that. But what did you think of Tig Nataro? A little over the top. I mean, it's the pi It's like the pilot from Aliens, right? It's like a tough lady. Absolutely. He's a wisecracker, and she'll do a job no matter what. It's wooden, isn't it? Everything's... Very sadly. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt plays Martin, John Dory from Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, John Dory. <laughs> what do you think of Gareth in this one? Um, He was all right. You, you could say that it is not him playing John Dory. Though. Oh, absolutely not. But it also could have been anyone. So I didn't 
you know, I, I didn't stand out much for me. I would substitute for Paul Reiser. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is the same character. Company man, there to do a job, doesn't give a shit about the crew. Exactly. Anna Della Ragura plays Maria Cruz. She's the tough ass one, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. With the like the fashionista lady. Yeah. And then we've got Matthias Schwelglover. Sorry, Matthias. That was terrible. <laughs> he plays Dieter. He's the safe cracker. What do you think of the safe cracker? Again, a little over the top. <laughs> trying to be this, trying hard to be the funny character. Is that what we were saying? That he, this sort of genius safe cracker is also the idiot. Like he makes all the little self-deprecation type of comments when someone ignores him. He's like, oh, okay, great. Okay, yeah. thanks. Thanks. That kind of thing. I enjoyed him. I enjoyed him. Because you do need that guy. Because those save cracker. The muscle heads aren't getting into that safe. <laughs> you know? And there's a bunch of muscle heads. And he kind of is in love with the safe. So we gotta address that. He yeah. Kind of gets an extra. Apparently, little... we're going to address that in a movie that they've already made, which is Dieter's story. Oh, yeah. So uh, there is another movie that actually comes with this later this year, and it's a German movie, subtitled even, featuring that character who is the safecracker. So look forward to that one. And I put down Theo Rossi as Bert, because Theo Rossi's from Luke Cage. You remember that guy? I'm trying to think. He was Miranda's uh, right among. <gasps> yes. Okay. Mariah. Yeah, Miranda. Mariah, maybe. I think Miranda. I think she might have been Mariah. Mm. Uh, and he was a real piece of work. He was. And in this one, he was the guy you're like, oh, yeah, he needs to go. Like Shane from Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, right he off the bat. He was that kind of character. Yeah, right off the bat, he is, um, like, you certainly want to see him dead, don't you? He's a guard. Okay, so around Vegas, they have a little containment, you know, several yards deep. It's like a refugee slash criminal slash illegal immigration thing. I wasn't clear. They didn't really make it clear what that was. But essentially, you've got people stuck in these little tents and stuff there, right outside of the city. They tried to throw a bit of everything in there. Mm -hmm. That's like the human element. Yeah. And uh, this is directed by Mr. Zack Snyder. You'll know him from directing uh, Sucker Punch, Watchmen, Man of Steel, 300, made a lot of movies. It's not his first rodeo. <laughs> Aside from the blurry camera that he used, what, how do you like his direction? Because he was director of photography and director of the movie and the writer of the movie. It's a little all over the place, but then I'm thinking you have to, you shouldn't have to consider the tool he was using, but because I know it, it seemed a bit, maybe my eyes are now trained for certain kinds of shots and editing from one shot to another, all that kind of stuff. And this was a bit out of whack there. And I just wonder if it was because of that camera it was harder to get, you know, whatever. He said it was very extremely difficult to get anything with that camera. <laughs> it was like working like you're blind almost, like you've really got to focus. Well, right. So I'm giving him a little pass. Then again, he did choose to use that camera. He didn't have to. So aside from that, did you have fun with the with the film? With the film, yeah. I mean, the you're talking about the directing and the all that kind of yeah. stuff. Just felt kind of like it could have been anyone except for the camera trick part. So IMDb reviews, explain. These are reviews. You look up, they have one star. So these people are very happy that they've used any time of their life on this movie. And you like to make fun of the ones who do one star reviews of movies that you like. Right. And then the opposite is also true. You, uh, you know, the people who 
give one review, one star review to movies you don't like, you're like, yeah, this person's a genius. So, number one, this story is so bad you'll hate everybody. The movie is so bad that I even hated myself. I wasted two and a half hours of my time. My favorite. That's my favorite review sentence. Don't waste your time or money. This guy says, why didn't Mr. Tanaka just give them the combination to the safe? <laughs> Good point. I mean, there I are many. Because it's, well, it there must... are many points in this movie where I was like, why is nobody doing this? Why is nobody doing that? One of them involved the tiger. I was like, that tiger wouldn't be dangerous if you just did this to it. <laughs> Nobody's doing anything to it, though. They're just looking at it going, ooh, that's scary. Because it's a CGI zombie tiger. Yeah, but they all had automatic rifles that they could have just shot it. But nobody shot it. Why? You're right. Yeah, they so didn't even address that. It was just like they, instead of... They were all kind of admiring it a bit. Yeah. And then they just let it go. Well, that might come back and bite you in the ass. <laughs> and then there was other things where I was like, the zombie boss guy is wearing a metal helmet. So stop shooting him in the head. Shoot him in the feet or the knees or the legs. So you're saying knock him down and yes. then he can go finish him And off. then he'll, yeah. Because they all just like stood there shooting at his helmet. And it was like, bing, bing, bing. And I was like, <laughs> that's doing nothing, people. Just keep shooting his knees. <laughs> then when he's crawling towards you, he's not as much of a threat, right? But there was a lot of like, oh, come on, people. Surely you're cleverer than that. <laughs> but that's my thing. Here we go. Another... Bad review guy. I generally love zombie movies, but this is garbage. It's like Mona Lisa and my idiot neighbor's red-headed six-year-old stepchild had a baby. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> See, they take the time of their life to go on there and write that down. It's hilarious. And then finally, this guy says, there's no storyline and terrible acting. What a waste of two and a half hours. Wasting my time. They all seem to have the, the time is so valuable. Yeah, it's so valuable that they wasted part of it watching that whole movie and they hated it. And then going on to their phone and typing in their little review. Hilarious. In conclusion, I am going with, there's definitely issues to this movie. It's not the home slam dunk that I, I you know, was looking at, looking for. So High expectations. I, so I'll give it a seven out of 10 because I was very entertained. And I do love myself some zombies and some zombie tigers and some <laughs> nu nukes and all kinds of shit that goes on in this movie. And I'm going to give it a six. Is that too low? I mean, it's your score. <laughs> it's just not quite even up to my. Yeah, it's right over average, but not not moving toward great. Needs a lot of needs a little work or we'll wait for the sequel. Did you it. like Train to Busan 2 better? Yes. Train to Busan 2 is very similar to this movie. Strangely similar, you know? Mm, it's yeah. A, it's a very similar mission. It just doesn't, it's just not in Vegas. So that's bizarre and weird. Who got the idea first? Exactly. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's the new trend. I mean, Train to Busan was not a patch on the first one, but it was still fun in a way, in a big blockbustery way. It was kind of silly though, wasn't it? A little. So movie recommendations this week. I am going on the themes of this movie. I'm going because Dave Batista was in it. I'm going with Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. What a surprise. Both great movies. Dave Batista's hilarious, actually. I like, you know, his demeanor in those movies. And secondly, because of Theo Rossi, who plays Bert in this movie, 
I'm going with Luke Cage because I don't reckon everybody watched Luke Cage. Luke Cage is really good. Very good, yeah. Very good story, especially that final season. What? Wait, what is Luke Cage? He's a. Some people might know what this show is you're talking about. He's a Marvel character. He's very strong. In fact, he's bulletproof and stab proof. And there's a there was a show on Netflix. Yep. Marvel show that was just about him, and it was really good. All the Marvel shows, including I really liked Iron Fist as well. I know people didn't, but I enjoyed all of them. They all had a good something good about them. You know, Jessica Jones. Absolutely. Second all, favorite. They were all good. Daredevil. Is that your favorite one? Uh, no. Which one? Luke Cage is my favorite. And oh, then Jessica. Really? Yeah. Ah. And Luke Cage and Jessica have a connection. They do. So they're my Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2 and Luke Cage. And mine are, this year I'm going back to the 80s. I'm still in 1981. Just from the list of movies I've ever watched, I'm not accounting for their modern social whatever. So if they're from the 80s, there might be things in there that don't feel right anymore. So one of them is Arthur, the drunken billionaire guy. One of my favorite all-time 80s movies. I've seen it so many times. If you put it on right now, I'd probably still have the words in my head. And the other one is Under the Rainbow. One of those, maybe not 100% appropriate, but it's like a fictional telling of what happened when the little persons who played many of the munchkins and the Wizard of Oz checked into rooms in a hotel and kind of like the debauchery and craziness that went on. But it's kind of wacky. That does sound wacky. It's almost like a like a spoof movie or something. So it's not great. And I'm sure it has a lot of inappropriate stuff in it, but under the rainbow. All right. Under the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Hey, Scully stuff this week. I've been playing more Returnal and Sid Talk one day decided to sit and watch me play. And the first thing you said was, oh, I'm not doing very good. I'm probably going to die in a minute. I did. I was doing my like 57th run or something. You know, keep going. I'm going to try and kill that first boss. I said, Sid Talk sat down. She said, I'll sit here for a bit and watch what you're doing. And I said, maybe you'll bring me some good luck. <laughs> now, you weren't really watching. You were on your phone. True. And I was fighting the boss. And then what happened? And then you did it. I did. Just I yelled, admit, I believe. You were just like, oh, your hands were shaking. You were <laughs> thrilled. So I brought you luck without, I was kind of like the um, the genie from the X-Files. You know how she's sort of like, oh, God. I yeah. have to keep wish granting wishes. That was me as your lucky charm. I just sort of sat there. As you played, I wasn't really involved. <laughs> but lo and behold, it worked anyway. Yeah, so I beat that first boss. There are six of these bosses. I so. don't know what he's talking about. Just look up Returnal. He, we don't need him to. It's an extremely difficult again. game. <laughs> it is. Apparently, like, from the trophy information, because, like, when you, whenever you get a trophy it in the PlayStation, it compares it to, ev- like, everybody who's ever bought Returnal. It shows you, when you get a trophy, how rare that trophy is. Because it looks at everybody who loaded up a copy of Returnal and how many people got that trophy and then gives you a percentage, you know. So Returnal's first boss, it's extremely rare because only like 5% of buyers have actually beat it, which is crazy. That's only the first boss, remember? Yeah. There's hours and hours and hours and hours worth of game to go. Most people, though, I think would probably give up. And that's why that trophy is pretty rare. Because they try it 30 times and then they go, F this. I'm never playing it again. I don't disagree with that. Because <laughs> it right. seems a bit of a trick, but you enjoy that kind of thing. So, hey. And how accomplished did I feel? I was like, holy shit, I beat him. It wasn't like I got lucky. It was more like I've done it enough 
I know exactly what I'm doing this time. Oh, you got lucky because I was sitting there. Well, that's always lucky. <laughs> oh. I'll listen to you awing at yourself. Oh, our nice mm-hmm. week. <laughs> so that's Returnal. I finished boss one. So that took me a month. So going by by Christmas, I should have finished this game. So now are you going to shower and, and uh, wash the sheets and stuff now? You've been laying there playing this game for a month. <laughs> I, uh, I've never played this game in bed. <laughs> I'm just saying you make it sound like not all you've done for oh. a month is play that game. <laughs> you've done a few other things. That's true. So what is for dinner? Tonight, we're going for the impossible Whopper. Yeah, we haven't. Had we're one very for proud of ourselves the other day, which is very strange for a person like me who came from a rural area where going out to supper was an extremely rare event back in the 70s and 80s. I know that sounds irrelevant, but for us to have acknowledged yesterday, like, hey, we haven't eaten takeaway for like five days, <laughs> five in a row. Oh, you can probably mention about misfits. Well, we're not sponsored by anyone. So everyone just hold your horses. We're not sponsored. Um, but we buy things, we do things, and one of the things is Impossible Whoppers. We both love them, but we don't love Burger King. We love HelloFresh immensely. I buy whatever boxes. I just love it. I love it. I think it's made you more confident in the kitchen. I love looking forward to all the suppers and stuff. It's great. And then we tried Misfit. Is it just Misfits? Misfitsmarket.com. Misfitsmarket. I'll listen mm. to you. And they just send you, you pick out of a big long list of fruits and vegetables. So it's organic random, not random because you get to pick what groups you want things from, but like you don't know if you're going to get three tomatoes or 10 tomatoes and how ripe they're going to be and if they're all left up. We found nothing in our box that was messed up at all. No, right? that's true. Like uh, nothing. May- maybe some bruises on the pears. Right, but then I just chopped them up and froze them and there was tons of apples, tomato. We got the bigger box this time, so I think you're right. We don't need quite as much fruit and veg for two weeks. But... No, because we were literally eating lettuce for the sake of it last night. Yeah. We were like, <laughs> let's finish this whole lettuce. So for two nights, our supper was <laughs> use, trying to use as much out of that box as I possibly could uh, just to use it up or put it in the freezer. We had a combination of things. It was just all kinds of things. <laughs> hey, it was good. It was couscous. Roasted beets, roasted radish, um, but I'll Ro- put on roast there some, potatoes. Some no. sauce that I made with onions, pepper, ginger, garlic, and tomato. Oh, that was really good. Some pickled beet, which you didn't eat. So see, there was the whole problem. And then that creamy sauce. It's like tzatziki sauce, but without dill, and it has curry powder in it. It was quite delicious. It was. So we have not eaten out since last weekend. So wow, we're gonna live it up. Live it up and eat out. No <laughs> well, dishes. We're not eating out. That's, we're not going that far. No. I'm going to go get it and bring it home. So what's your advice and let's get out of it? Um, It's not really advice. It's just a fun slash super deep thing that my friends and I do. <laughs> but it sounds really corny. Um, my one friend says she has, we have things we have the fear of, right? She has the fear of missing out. So she has FOMO. I have fear of being useless. So I have FOBU. So these are actually deep-seated things like that affect us every day and the choices we make. And yes, we're like, but we've kind of boiled them down to this funny little things. And I just wonder, you know, what's your fear of whatever? Like your really deep fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of disappointment, fear of whatever that really dominates your life. But you just sort of stick it away in the back of your head and sort of go, do you have anything like that? Fear of... Me? Mm-hmm. Mm. Fear of games disappearing, which would be faux... I don't good know. 
I'd have to think about it. And this podcast ain't long enough for that. <laughs> See, it's a deep question. Yeah. It's like, what's the deepest it can be? I think I know yours. What is it? So be Well, it sounds really awful. <laughs> well, thanks. You mean it makes me seem awful? No, it's very sad. It's oh. phoba. F-O-B-A. What's that? Fear of being abandoned. <laughs> you know, I think that's I think that's deep in there. But this is this isn't therapy. It's just a fun thing. So what's your FO? Like your FOMO, FOBU, FOZU, FOCA, whatever. Nice. Just, just don't email them all to me. Just talk, speak amongst yourselves. <laughs> all right. So you can catch us on ascully.com. This podcast is available on ascully.com, anchor.fm slash after the show. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Instagram iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts, you'll find us. Just search for After the Show Movie Podcast. I haven't mentioned for a while, but you, if you've got a Amazon device that you can talk to, you can say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast, and it will play you the latest episode. No messing, no downloading. Just say it and listen. Email me at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you all. Mm, I don't. In fact, you're like the zombie tiger to her. She just wants to. I don't hate the zombie tiger. So that's not correct. Oh, the zombie tiger death scene. Not the death of the zombie mm. tiger, but the zombie tiger killing a guy. Now that was graphic. That was. <laughs> John Dory has bad luck. That was some graphic. Nature. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. If you don't do it, someone will do it for you. Again, Sid Talk skipped ahead. So I'll say, stay classy, <laughs> Mr. Zack Snyder. And let's see what else you do. <laughs> <laughs>